Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Archander, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we want to welcome as our guest, Doug Humes. Doug, welcome to the program and thank you for coming. Great, great. Glad you asked me and excited to be here and talk about history. Well, thank you. Um, I've known Doug now for many years. He is a longtime member of the Newtown Square Historical Society. He has done a lot of work for the Historical Society. He gives lectures to different historical societies. He's written several articles. He has a tremendous love for American history. And so I asked Doug to come on and share some of the history, the local history of Newtown Township and anything else that he would like to share with us in these two programs. But before we begin that, Doug, would you share with our listeners, please, a little bit of your background so they get a little more familiar with you? Sure. I'm a 67-year-old lawyer at this point. I grew up in suburban Philadelphia. I was actually born in the city, and then my parents followed the trend in the 50s of moving out to the booming suburbs, of which Newtown Square is one of them. And so I grew up in Bryn Mawr and Haverford, which are good, you know, if you're familiar with Philadelphia's main line, those are two of the stops on the main line. But I was not uh, a child of the main line in a sense. My parents, you know, just came out and made a nice life for themselves, but we're certainly not old money. But I grew up in uh, a historic house. It's a big three-story house from 1870s. We were told it was built by a man named Captain Blakely that I went looking for for years and years and uh, and, and actually f- finally found the answer to that. I, I must have been a realtor that thought that that would be a good name. But the only Captain Blakely I, I found was a college kid at Haverford College who was the captain of their baseball team and his family lived in the house. But oh. uh yeah, uh, but that was a great house to grow up in near Marion Golf Course. So we would sneak on to Marion Golf Course, <laughs> a great local or nationally known golf course. So it was a good good house to grow up, and it whetted my interest in history. And uh, I went off to uh, Penn State and studied marketing, which I've never used, but uh, but I took some history classes up there. And then when I came out, I came back, uh, I went off to law school in, in Boston, at Boston University. And uh, and that is a great history town as well. And uh, living there for three years and then coming back to Philadelphia made me appreciate what Philadelphia offered as far as uh, in the, the city itself. When I was growing up, we were born, don't go into the city. And so we rarely did. But coming back after living in in Boston for three years, I came back and I just got plugged into Philadelphia's history and found what lots of wonderful old buildings and places and people and and then uh, so so now right now just to continue that theme, I I live in a historic house. It's a, an 1860s form house. A man named William Dickinson built it and. Uh, and raised 10 children in there and wow. uh, stayed in the family for several generations. And then when sadly finding his son, I went in and researched their genealogy and found that his son was the last one living there in the 1920s and had two children who both died in their 20s. And so there was no one to take over the farm and he ended up selling it to the, the developers and and, it, and the house was basically subdivided up to the back door. So I'm on a, it's an old farmhouse, but there's no old farm outside. 
but that's uh, that's good for me. When I have to cut the grass, it takes ten minutes because there's not much around. <laughs> so, do you do you believe that, that, or do you feel that being a lawyer has helped you over the years with your research that you've done in history? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, law school education it, it teaches you a very rigid way to think, but a very organized one. And uh, yeah, you know. Lawyers typically, they don't know all the answers, even though they have to pretend <laughs> they do, but they know where to find them. And so and that's because they've been taught rigorous research skills. So I think absolutely that has benefited me. Yeah. The, Doug, I thought only historians thought they had all the answers. So um, and oftentimes historians don't know where to get the answers when they don't know the answers. But that's a whole nother story. So, yeah. So tell us how you got involved with uh, the Newtown Square Historical Society and, and what, what your capabilities have been with them through through the years. Well, I moved to Newtown Square. Newtown Square is just a, you know, a couple towns over from where I grew up. So I was familiar with Newtown Square. When we were growing up, my mother rode horses and she would take the neighborhood girls out to ride horses. And so, as I remember, we went to various farms in Newtown Square because Newtown Square was considered horse country. So I moved there in 1990 with a wife and two very young children. And uh, I remember dis distinctly there was sort of a, a, a change, a uh, an epiphany. <laughs> we went to a couple of the Fourth of July parades. Mm -hmm. Newtown has, I think, the largest 4th of July parade in Delaware County. So we would sit there on the side and watch all the groups go by. And one group in particular was called the Marvelous Marchers. And they were a neighborhood group. And every year they had a funny scene. You know, they would have the, the men one time would, you know, dressed up with briefcases and they were doing the synchronized briefcase movements. And uh, and one time they had beach chairs. And so they they had these choreographed shows where they would do that. And they were just having fun. And I was sitting there on the sidelines thinking to myself, you know what? This would be a lot more fun if we were doing that rather than sitting there and watching them. And that was my impetus to get involved in the community. And uh, and then at, at some point, and we did, you know, within a few years, we were part of the Marvelous Marchers. And uh, my children and I had five wonderful years doing crazy things down the middle of Westchester Pike uh, with that. Group. So that so and that was, you know, that was a benefit in itself. But then one time I went out and uh, the local police chief, longtime police chief and uh, lifetime resident of Newtown named Stan Short. Stan Short. Uh, he was giving a slideshow on local history. And I thought, OK, I want to go to that. And so I attended that and it was a riot because, you know, and why is history a riot? Because that show was given by Stan Short, who was a policeman for his whole life, who attended high school there, he knew all of the stories, all of the stories of everyone in the community. And so when he gave the show, he added in personal anecdotes. And it was just, it was really interesting and really funny. And after seeing that, I signed up to just to be a member of the Historical Society. 
And I guess after I showed up at a couple of their programs, they said, well, do you want to come to a board meeting? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. They're reeling you, they reeled you in, Doug. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, that was, it was, you know, in hindsight, it actually was one of the most significant moments in my adult life because I went and I was in a room in a historical home uh, and there were 25 people from the community there. And I was the youngest by at least 25 years. Mm -hmm. It was, but but what I found was that in that room, those people were the people in the community that made everything good happen. Mm-hmm. From Fourth of July parade, the historical society, they're involved, you know, involved in the the. At the time, there was a greeters club to greet everyone that moved into the community, and if you went to the the polls, they were poll volunteers, and uh, you know Jack Grant had been the president of the school board, and uh, you know Sam Coco was the, the one that came up with the idea to mark all of the historic sites in Newtown with a beautiful sign, and it was just for me, it was a, just a revelation that this is, you know, I was aware of of what role government, elected government officials play in things, but this. What I discovered in that living room, but this is really the beating heart of the community, was this group of people who volunteered. And it was the greatest generation. So they were the people that moved out into the community largely in the 50s and created the things that we still have today, uh, you know, Little League Baseball and uh, and the girls softball and just all, all of the things that we take for granted that a community has, these people created it and they became my closest friends in the community just because I got sucked in and immediately they made me the treasurer <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I remember uh, Joe Bullen had is was a, another lawyer in the community who had been the treasurer and he just he gave it to me he said it's no big deal you know you you write 10 or 12 checks a year you know and and then that year we got a grant for the roof of the local history museum. And we started what has become an annual event called Historic Newtown Square Day. And the first year I was treasurer, we ran like $70,000 through our treasury. Wow. So it, it was really like a part-time job for right. me. And and after Joe had said, uh, yeah, you know, you can run this, it's really a cigar box and you write 10 checks, it was 12 <laughs> checks. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but the, well, there are several reasons why, you know, Newtown Square and the Newtown Square Historical Society has a, a very dear place in my heart. Do you know that Sid and Jan Elson were the first ones to ever ask me to give an historical talk? I know you've been a fixture in that role and that Jan was the program director. So yep. uh, they're two great people. Two great, great people. people. And, you know, they were, she was the first one to ever ask me, will you consider ever giving a lecture in public, you know, outside of my, my teaching at the high school? And, right. from that, and from that point on, I mean, I've just been amazed at the opportunities I have. And, and it's the thanks goes to particularly Jan, who asked me, and also the Newtown Township or Newtown Square Historical Society. So, Whatever my career has been, Doug, you guys gave, you were the springboard in, into that. So, <laughs> well, Isn't that funny how that happens? Yep. That's, yeah, yeah, something. I, I have a similar moment 
and it involves, I, I was getting more comfortable and I started writing like short articles for the newsletter, but I never really considered myself a writer. And my wife and I travel a lot. We've been to all 50 states. So everywhere we go, you know, I'm into the history of the local site. So then I discover it and I come back. And this one time we were meeting with a, a, uh, a friend of mine and he said, you guys, you know, discover all this interesting history. He said, I'm the editor of the Southwest Airlines in-flight magazine. And, uh, you know, a lot of your history stuff is involves places that people fly to. So w would you want to write a history article for Southwest magazine? You know, the airlines publication, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my God, would I? And uh, and then the true story is and I did and it was published. And I had people say, I just flew in from so-and-so and I read your article and it it validated me calling myself a history writer. And and pretty much since that, for the last 15 years, I have been writing regular articles on history. At this point, I do four a month for local magazines. And uh, yeah, and it was just that, but it was someone that just asked me sure. to do it. And then I did it and you know, you do it that first time. And uh, and either blow it or you nail it. <laughs> and if you nail it, then it makes you feel good and you say, I can do this. So you did that with your <laughs> the programs. And and what I loved about your programs, other than the topics and how you conduct them as a as a history class, was that you offered extra credit to your high school students who would come out to attend them. And we held the programs back then at a retirement community mm -hmm. that was largely 70 and up. So you were sending your 16 and 17 year olds in to mix with that crowd and together with the other people from the community came out. And it was just, it was wonderful to mix and match the crowd and to have them all appreciate your presentation and you know waving their hands in the air to be called on just like they're back in, in class and that that was that was wonderful and we've you know with your retirement we've lost that connection to the high school uh which is a shame uh, well we're gonna doug we're gonna try to to um resurrect that particularly this this next year with um now that we're past COVID. so and i would say Dad, doug i have read many of your articles and you are a very good writer and you are not just simply a writer of history you are an historian and, and you do the research and you come up with things and you have a wonderful way of explaining that to the american public in in reading so i i thank you for doing that because we all have so many things that we we continue to need to learn in the richness of our country. So if, yeah. if you if you would, could you start to share a little bit of the wonderful history of not only Newtown Square or but Newtown Township, Delaware County, not Bucks County, and right. explain if you would to the, the difference and why there are two new towns in two different counties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's the you know that's the beginning of the story of newtown and it begins with uh we're familiar with uh, pennsylvania uh, as a product of william penn was a, a quaker back in england the king king charles owed william penn's father money penn's father died william penn said when are you going to pay this and and the basic idea was that the king gave william penn land in the in the new world which became Pennsylvania. 
uh, named not after William Penn, but after his father. Hmm. So Penn is a, uh, essentially is a real estate developer. He has all this land. He wants to get people to move there, to cultivate it, to build homes and build communities. And uh, so he enlists the support of a surveyor, a man named Thomas Holm. And first they sit down and plan out what his capital city is going to look like. And so Philadelphia is the original capital city of Pennsylvania. And it's laid out in a grid. It's a planned community. Un unlike, I, I know when I was in Boston, the, the, when I was up there, when I moved there, and someone was telling me about the city, and they said, you know, all the streets were laid out after old cow pass. And so in order to navigate the streets of Boston, you have to think like an old cow. And, <laughs> and, and that was, you know, largely true. It's, uh, uh, but in Philadelphia, from the very beginning, you can look at, at Thomas Holmes' plan for the city of Philadelphia, and it's numbered streets going one way and streets named on uh, uh, after trees, chestnut, walnut. Mm -hmm. And it is the city that Penn and Holm designed with great squares, five great squares to provide open space for the people. So they were planners. So once they had done the city, they started looking out at the rest of the state. And basically, Penn put his finger on the map at two spots west of the city and north of the city and said, we want to put two new towns here and here. And on the original Thomas Holm map, those towns are called Newtown. And I always uh, I kid about that when I talk about it, when I give a, a program is that, you know, uh, real estate dump, uh, uh, developers sometimes will just give something a, a name to hold it up a place name to hold it in place the idea that eventually marketing will come up you know and and uh, with a better name and then they'll change the name in the final but the new town in to the west of the city and to the north of the city today are still called new town and i say i guess someone never i, I guess marketing never got the the memo so they're both called new town it, it uh and they were both they both were settled by quakers they both have Quaker meeting houses to this day called the Newtown Meeting. And so there is still confusion. I, I'm involved with the, the Newtown Square Quaker meeting. And sometimes I get a call and they say, yeah, so-and-so died and we want to make arrangements for his burial in the cemetery because both Quaker meetings have cemeteries. And they tell me the name and I say, you know, I don't, that's not a, that's not a Newtown Square name. Are you calling for Bucks County or for Delaware yeah. County? And I say Bucks County. So, aha, you, uh -huh. you don't want him, you don't want him buried down here. You want him buried close to home. Do, is, is there a reason or what was the reason that William Penn picked the particular parcel of land that we now know as Newtown Square? You know, I don't know. Uh, I guess it was far enough away that it would be, you know, I'm guessing maybe it would be a day's drive to okay. to bring a wagon full of uh, produce to market. And so he wanted to create towns that had markets. And both of the new towns, in, in addition to him just putting his finger there, each had a really unique development plan. And in Newtown Square, it is largely a rectangular township. And he drew a line through the middle of it from north to south. And that was the Newtown Straight Road. 
which today is called Newtown Street Road. But it's basically largely the, the line he drew because fortunately you could navigate what is essentially a straight line through Newtown Township. He proposed that in other townships, but then they got out and found that the, it's hill country and creeks and you really couldn't, you know, you wouldn't navigate a straight line. You'd have to put the road in some other fashion. But in Newtown, the straight line worked. And then if you bought a large parcel of farmland in the outskirts, you were awarded a smaller parcel of land in what was planned as the town. And when you look at it on a map, there is a, in the middle of that rectangle of a, of a township is a square. And that square was where each of the town plots were located. So when you look at it, there is a square in Newtown Square. Up in Newtown Bucks County, they had a similar idea, but every parcel, uh, it was like a pie and the town was in the center of the pie. So if you bought out your parcel connected in and there's no evidence that that was actually ever implemented. But in Newtown Square, the land records show that that's that's how it was built out. And right at the middle, at the intersection of that Newtown Straight Road, there was an east-west road called Goshen Road, which still exists to this day. We think that had been, it ran between the two streams that formed the borders of Newtown. And uh, we think that was on the uh, the path of an old Indian trail that had been there. So you have a main north-south road, you have a main east-west road, and right at the center of it is, uh, it's it's almost at the center of that square. So that's the basic geography to this day of Newtown Square. Newtown and the square. town was supposed to grow up at that intersection. And Doug, we're, believe it or not, we're just about up to our time limit on this program because you just started talking about the history of Newtown Square and William Penn developing it. I have two questions for you as we close this program. One, does someone need to live in Newtown Square or Newtown Township, Delaware County, to be a member of your historical society? And how could someone get information on the Newtown Square Historical Society? Okay, so after living there for five years, I got divorced and I moved out of the community to the adjacent town. Marple, uh, Newtown and Marple share uh, our adjacent townships and they share a high school, among other things, as you know. But after I had moved, I moved up and I was actually the president of the Newtown Square Historical Society without being a resident. So definitely we accept okay. members to the society. We have a Facebook page that has a uh, ties in to a membership brochure. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm just we also have a web page. And listeners could go to the web page and find out about events and yes, being it's able to N join. nhistory.org. And uh, yeah, so that gives the background, some simple history. It keeps you involved on events that occur. Yeah. And, and, and you some can, of your articles are on there too, I hope, Doug. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, we changed over websites a few years ago, and unfortunately, all the links to those articles from then were lost, so we have to restore that. Okay. Uh, I, I hope they are, because uh, listeners, they're very good. So we're going to continue our conversation with Doug in our next program, and he's going to continue to share some of the rich, rich history of a, a local town to all of us, Newtown Square. But Doug, I, we want to thank you for coming and beginning to share with us and showing us 
exactly the background of Newtown Square and, and how it was developed through William Penn. And we certainly thank you for all that you do for the historical society there and for all the lectures you give to the historical societies and other groups throughout the area. So thank you for coming and sharing with us today. Yeah, I'm sorry that, you know, we have 300 plus years of history and we, we I don't think we got out of the 17th century yet. No, well, <laughs> you know, we, we have a ways to go yet. But so again, thank you. And we're going to continue with Doug in our next program, Lister. So Doug, thank you for coming and beginning to share with us. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. It was fun. It's our, been our pleasure. Thank you. This is WFYL 1180 AM, Working for Your Liberty.